Hi, and welcome to the Southern Connecticut Church of Christ podcast. We've provided a collection of sermons, our midweek lessons, music, and many more tools to help you grow in your walk with God. We are living in an unprecedented and challenging time, but we invite you to listen in and be encouraged as we fight through this together. Be sure to subscribe and feel free to share this podcast with your friends and loved ones. Thanks for listening. All right, how's everybody doing? You guys feel all right today? I'm excited to uh, share with you guys and hopefully give you guys a little taste of what team camp was like, the way God worked, the way God moved, and prayerfully you guys can be inspired as well because it was phenomenal. The theme was connect, as you guys know, and uh, it was a time for the teenagers to connect with each other, especially after two years, but also to be able to connect with God. And um, I have to start off with this because camp would not have been possible without our incredible volunteers. Like people took off work to come and volunteer to serve teams and preaching. Let's give it up. I'm going to say some of their names. You can clap or we could save it to the end. But for team camp, Steny and Vanya came. Mackenzie was there for the medical staff. We had John Heinzman, Cody, Adriana, Brigitte came. You know, so it's just amazing. That's for team camp. So let's give it up for our team camp counselors. And for preaching camp, Nicole Chevalier was our coordinator. Amazing. Logan Donna, Jessica Olivares, and Jeremy Oliver, our preaching uh, counselor. So let's just give it up. Like, it's amazing just that people are willing to take off time, you know, from their jobs. And then instead of taking a vacation, they go to serve in what really becomes 12-hour days, essentially, for them. So it's, it's definitely a sacrifice that... Uh, we're very grateful for it, and we know the parents and the teens are uh, as well. And, um, you know, today I'm going to share about, you know, the message that uh, part of it I shared during teen camp, and it's about, you know, these last kind of 20 months, right? And and what we've all kind of experienced and been through. And in my mind, it's been kind of like a wilderness journey. That's kind of the way I see it. But also in the wilderness, you do always see God move. And so a lot of what you're going to see today in the service is like, Okay, there's this backdrop of wilderness, but still miracles of God. And so, so I'm going to share about a lot about, okay, what this wilderness is about biblically, what God often tries to teach uh, followers of him about ourselves, really, and about him through the wilderness. And you're also going to hear some sharing uh, from some of those that were able to participate, some of the, some of the teens and uh, a counselor as well. And that, that represents really that it's so evident and obvious that God never stops working, no matter what's going on around us. God is always moving, and he's always doing incredible things. You know, this, this team camp was the first time in probably two years that all these teams from throughout New England were able to get together. And, um, and, and being there, it's just, it's impossible to be around them all and not see very clearly that God has changed their hearts and molded them. And I think one of the words I would say is there's a lot more gratitude, you know, for, for just being, and things aren't taken for granted as much. It was special for all of the teams to, to be back together. And I think a lot of that is true for us as well. Like, we, we can't take anything for granted anymore, right? Like, okay, you think, okay, we're just always going to meet. We're going to be at Fairfield Woods Middle School. And it's like all of a sudden we're not, right? Like, any, at any point, things can change. And so, so there's a lot more of that sense of, 
of stillness and presence when you get those special moments, like being able to be together at a, at a team camp. And uh, I know we've all been molded a lot as well over the last 20 months. Uh, would you agree with that? I mean, raise your hand if you feel like God's been working in your life in some way over the last 20 months. Yeah, pretty much everybody. I mean, raise, raise your hand if you've learned a lot more even about yourself in the last 20 months, right? Yeah, it's been, it's been a refining, exposing experience. And some of the things we've learned about ourselves have been awesome. And some of it has not been so awesome, but all of it is part of God's process and purpose in the wilderness. So we're going to read a passage in Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 2. This kind of uh, describes what, you know, a lot of the wilderness journey, the experience is all about. And you can think about the last 20 months as we read this. You're like, I don't want to think about the last 20 months. <laughs> think about whatever. All right, you, you get what I'm saying. Deuteronomy 8, 2. Let's read it. Remember how the Lord your God led you all the way in the wilderness these 40 years to humble and test you in order to know what was in your heart, whether or not you would keep his commands. He humbled you, causing you to hunger and then feeding you with manna, which neither you nor your ancestors had known, to teach you that man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Your clothes did not wear out and your feet did not swell during these 40 years. Know then in your heart that as a man disciplines his son, so the Lord your God disciplines you. Observe the commands of the Lord your God, walk in obedience to him and revering him. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land with brooks, streams, and deep springs gushing out into the valley and hills, a land with wheat and barley, vines and fig trees, pomegranates, olive oil, and honey, a land where bread will not be scarce and you will lack nothing a land where the rocks are iron and you can dig copper out of the hills. There's a contrast there, right? You have this like wilderness. It's terrible. It's not fun, but God took care of you. God took care of us in the wilderness. You know, your shoes didn't wear out. Your feet did not swell. Like that's, that's a miracle, right? You're walking in the desert. You know, your feet didn't swell. Amen. But then you have the contrast of like, okay, and I'm bringing you into this awesome place, this incredible land. Like it's going to be amazing. You know what God is going to do. But what is the purpose? And in the passage, we can see a lot of what the purpose of the wilderness is. It says to humble us. You know, to humble us is a part of the wilderness experience. To test us, will we obey God in the wilderness? I don't know if you have any regrettable moments in the last 20 months, but I certainly do. Uh, you know, it's like I was, hum I was humbled and I was tested. And at times I definitely failed those tests. Will we build our trust in him? Will we, will we depend on his provision, right? This manna he gave in the wilderness daily. Yes. It also talks about the discipline us, the way a father disciplines a son. So the question I have is, do you want to be a humble person? Do you want to know what you're made of? Do you want to trust in God? Do you want to have a trust in God that no one can touch, that you're just able to walk around like, I love God, I trust God, and do you want to be a disciplined person? Do you want the benefit of discipline the same way we hope our kids benefit from our discipline? If you do want those things, it's only possible with the wilderness. If you want those things, wilderness is a part of that, of cultivating that. And so on the one hand, we can say, I hate pain. I hate feeling discomfort. I hate going through this. But on the other hand, all these incredible things we're not able to fully grasp and, and, and 
and bring out the full potential of humility and discipline and character without the wilderness. So this wilderness is this interesting thing that God has always used throughout the Bible. And even Jesus parallels this with the time that he spent in the wilderness. So it's a point. It's a point of where God is, is molding right throughout the wilderness. There's this incredible quote. I love C.S. Lewis. If you know me, I quote him all the time. And he has this awesome quote. It says, pain insists upon being attended to. I'll read that again. Pain insists upon being attended to. Now listen to this. But that's, let's not get mad at, sometimes get mad at God. Like, oh, that's, that's messed up. So listen. But he, God whispers to us in our pleasures. He speaks in our consciences. But sometimes he does have to shout to us in our pains. It is his megaphone to rouse a deaf world. And I think it would be, there's not, I could not imagine God not trying to get our attention. I mean, have you thought that the past 21 months? Like, huh, maybe God's trying to like tell us something. I mean, raise your hand if you felt like, man, this is a little, like God is trying to do something. He's trying to raise our awareness, trying to bring, up, you know, help us to focus on him and think about him. You know, I've, I've definitely seen this wilderness. I know we've all been in it together the last, you know, 20 or so months. It's been really hard. It's been really trying. There's certainly been many times I want to throw in the towel. Uh, I'm like kind of done fighting. I'm done, you know, serving. I've had all of those thoughts. Um, and I just keep seeing God each day. Like that one extra push I needed. That one little extra encouragement I needed. He's still there working powerfully. And so here's the thing in the wilderness. God is trying to get our attention. God is trying to get our attention. But the question is, are we listening? So God is trying to get your attention. And the question is, are you listening? And are you learning through the wilderness experience? There's another amazing person in my life. And this is my wife, Lamisha, who is amazing, awesome, beautiful, spiritual wife. You know, I have to kind of, you know, yeah, I get some... All right, so anyway, so but she's done some incredible deep soul searching through the last 20 months, and really it's because of what God has done that she's been able to really find more of herself and who God ultimately has made her to be. So I want to invite her up now uh, to share about this experience for her. Thank you for that, Patrick. said I mean God has taught me so much during this time in the wilderness and it definitely wasn't easy at times there came a point for me where God forced me to face myself and to make a choice to keep up with appearances or just to be my authentic self and I think for me for a lot of my life um, I felt like I needed to be this type of mom this type of minister this kind of wife you know I have to be an extrovert which I'm not you know, I don't, I can't be too Caribbean. I can't be, you know, the list could go on and on. I didn't want to be too much of something. And it's, you know, sometimes I think society sometimes tells you, you can't be too much. You, you have to tone it down and be like, be like everyone else. And, but this year I said, nope, not anymore. And this very difficult year and a half taught me to be okay with who I am that I am an introvert, you know? I'm not your typical minister, not your typical mom, not your typical wife. I battle mental illness um, and I'm imperfect. 
And, but without the wilderness, I really don't think I would have like gotten to that place. But something specifically happened for me to get to that place. And it came through a lot of tears. So specifically, I was in tears, <laughs> I cry a lot. And I'm just on my couch and I was just battling with like familiar feelings of low self-esteem and low self-worth. Um, but I told myself like, look, I'm not gonna get up from this couch the same way I came in. Like I'm gonna leave this couch resolved with these feelings. And I'm there and I'm talking to God and like an hour passes and I'm like, I feel the same way, God. Like <laughs> what's going on? Like, did you not hear me? Like I'm praying, like, you know? So I literally, I gave up and I took out my phone and I started going on social media and I clicked this, you know, I go to Facebook and the first post I see is this, literally the first post. And some of you have already heard this, but um, it says, I've had conflicts with this woman and parts of her story. I haven't loved her fully all the time as she deserves. I didn't appreciate her like I should do either. I question her if she's good enough, skillful, capable, responsible but I've seen her rise up, be a light to some who have allowed it and love others despite everything. She is paralyzed while fighting battles in her mind, heart, and soul. This woman has failed many times in many areas. Some people love this woman and some don't. She is who she is. Every mistake, failure, trials, disappointments, successes, joys have made her the woman she is today. You can love her or not, but if she loves you, she will love you with her whole heart. This woman isn't perfect, but has a lot of courage. She is persistent and doesn't give, doesn't give up. Falls in pieces, sorry, collects them, puts them back in place, wipes tears, gets up and on, beautifully broken and standing, she is me. And as I read that random post, I was like, wow, God, that was specifically for me. And I came away and I said, God, you did hear me after all. And I got up feeling completely different than when I came in, exactly what I prayed for. And I just had to, I just had to ask for it. And God just showed me so clearly. And although it's been painful, like God has helped me to block out those voices that I've just internalized for so long and to just love myself and to be who I truly am for God. So that was, you know, my experience in the wilderness. So thank you for letting me share. Man, she is awesome. I told you guys. Yeah. And um, so miracles. God is still working, right? God is still moving in the wilderness. Like, he's always doing something. And on that note, I do want to invite another person to come up and share. This is Kevin Camayo. And he come up. And Kevin, you guys might not know him. You're going to get to know him really well in a second here. Uh, but he is new to our team ministry. And uh, he's going to share with you a lot of the stories, so I won't give it away. He's a family friend of the Mazos. And um, he's an amazing, amazing kid that I hope all of you guys get a chance to know. And he's going to share about his experience with our church, with his relationship with God, and, and also at team camp. And it's just the ways God is always still working and moving in our lives. Go for it, bro. Good morning, church. How are you guys doing today? All right. So, yeah, most of you guys might not know me because I am new to the church, but uh, I wanted to Thank Patrick for giving me the opportunity to share my story, how I came into the church and my experience at C Camp. So without further ado, here we go. So my story begins on October 17, 2020. I had just finished my soccer practice and all I wanted to do was go home, eat something big, because I was really hungry, and go to sleep. 
When I went to the car, though, my plans took a bit of a turn. My brother David had told me that Emily invited us to go to a church or go to a bonfire that she was having for her church. And I'm not going to lie, at first, I was upset because I wasn't going to go home and do the things that I wanted. But afterwards, I had like a whatever mentality and decided to go. And not too long afterwards, we made it to the bonfire and I was worried at first. Whenever I go to events with other people my age, I usually don't get the most out of it because I can feel like I'm being left out. And to my surprise, this wasn't the case. As we made an entrance to the bonfire, everyone came with open arms and I felt like I was somewhere safe. This same day, I met Patrick and he explained to me what was going to be happening at the bonfire so I could take it all in. We played Among Us for a while and it was fun because that was my first time playing. But the energy and the movement that night was nothing I had never experienced before. Everyone was connecting, bonding, laughing, and just having an overall great time. Towards the end of the bonfire, we had a lesson and if I remember correctly, it was about people's insecurities and something else. I say this because I remember the answer I gave Patrick. Whenever I want to start a conversation with someone, I'll usually compliment whatever they have on or about their appearance and I'll usually go from there. But anyways, after the bonfire, Patrick offered me to study the Bible and of course I said yes. I went home thinking not much of it. My dad always told me to read and to study the Bible because he said that it would benefit me in many ways. Once Patrick offered me to study the Bible, I started to think back to when he said that, and the results afterwards would give me the world full of emotions and full of long days of thinking. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Um. <laughs> I don't know when we decided to study the Bible, but I know it wasn't too far from the bonfire. It was on Zoom and I felt the Holy Spirit in me. I felt God was inside me and it was a feeling that I will never forget. And we kept studying the Bible and one day, Patrick told me about a camp. A camp that was far from home and I was hesitant about it. Many of you may ask, why? For the past 17 years of life, I had been with my parents and it would be weird not seeing them for a week. I told my parents and they were hesitant to send me as well, but I did that anyways and thanks mom and dad, I love you. <laughs> uh, I met a couple of guys when I was on my way to camp. Their names were Josue, Mateo, Miguel, Zach, Jacob, Ryan, and Samuel. For those of you guys who are here, I love you guys. Anyways, we're talking about school, cars, video games, you know, all the boy stuff that, you know, you would hear us be talking about. But it was also very fun. When I got there, though, I felt out of place. The first day at camp, I walked around and said to myself, and there, I met someone named Dylan. Where you at, my boy? Where you at? Yeah, I see you, bro. Love you, bro. Uh, anyways. It was very helpful for me because I was trying to find out where my cabin was since this was my first year at team camp. And he was very helpful, so thank you, bro. Uh, yeah, uh, anyways, uh, not too long afterwards, I was feeling really homesick and it was pretty bad, so I had Patrick help me out. 
Take that. <laughs> uh, the second day, though, two amazing people walked up to me, and we became friends. Their names are Jack and Kylo, which some of you might know, maybe. Uh, they introduced me to many people in the camp and introduced me to more people from our church. People like Elijah Moore. Love you, bro. And I started to get out of my comfort zone, meeting new people, and I was adjusting quickly. And throughout camp, I was feeling better and I felt appreciated for the first time in a while. Uh, and most importantly, I felt even more connected to God. All the singing we did, all the conversations I've had, all the time I spent with friends, I believe that this was a sign from God that he said to take care of me. And that he loves me to an amount that I cannot possibly grasp. And now that I'm back in camp, I've had many realizations that I never that never came to mind before. Uh, But now, I have the desire to want to know the people at this church more and feel more connected. I have the need to spread God in everything that I do, but most importantly, I have the desire to follow and to pursue my relationship with God. Patrick and I have been studying the Bible for a while now, and yes, I know a thing or two more than I used to, but I still have much to learn. The way I changed my mentality to pursue God was because of a wise man, which is also my father, he always tells me that we can change our thinking, we can change our lives. But now I'm ready for the ups and downs, the happy times and the sad times that will come my way. But in the end, after all my experiences of studying the Bible, life experiences, and tea camp, it doesn't seem all that bad. Thank you guys for listening, and thank you all who made my life better and easier than it was. I love you and may God bless you. Let's give it up again for Kevin. Thank you, bro. It's amazing. Like, okay, sermon's over. We can all go home. I don't know, but this is, uh, yeah, it's just an incredible time. I'm really grateful for everything Kevin shared. Grateful for his family as well. Who are, they're all awesome. And, um, you know, you talked about that moment at camp where you felt uh, some homesickness, right? You know, you're away for a week. It's different and it's new. And he could have just said, all right, I'm just going to, like, leave. I'm just going to go home. Right, but he, he he hung in there, and through that experience, he has this testimony to share. And sometimes, when we are dealing with the wilderness and the pain that comes with it, it is uh, very tempting to say, "I just want to head on. I'm going to head out, like the meme. You know, I'm going to head out. You know, I'm going to go home. We're going to call it a day." And that can be a temptation, right? And but if we hang in there, stay faithful. Keep talking through the problems. Keep talking through the struggles, talking through the hardship. God will bring us into a different place. Whether that's a mentality or physical change or whatever the case may be, he's going to help us really realize what was the purpose. Kevin can very clearly tell you right now, although there was this challenging part in the beginning, here's why I, I was there. Right? And we can also do that right? if we don't quit. We can have a moment where we can say, here's why I went through that hard time. Here's why that was pretty painful. Because suffering without purpose is, is, is very hard to deal with. It's almost impossible to deal with suffering without purpose. But God has a purpose. 
for the wilderness. Let's make no mistake about that. And so we see these miracles, right? And you, I know you guys have seen them. If we look, sometimes we can get a little down. It's harder to see them, but they're always there to be seen. And once again, you know, God has been speaking, but have we been listening? You know, it's, it's interesting in the Bible, we can actually shorten or increase our wilderness experience. Oh, that's a scary thought, right? We can actually shorten it or increase it. So, so listen to this, and I'm, I'm going to pull some scriptures together for this. But, you know, upon their arrival at Kadesh Barnea, which bordered the promised land, this is the Israelites. So they, so they, they were at a place in their journey, in their wilderness journey, where they got to the promised land. And you know how long it took them to get there? It's only two years. It took them two years to, to, to be in a place where they were ready to enter the promised land. Because if I was to ask you guys how long we were in the wilderness, and we all just, we say 40 years, 40 years, right? But I don't know that we all realize that they were primed and ready to go two years in, you know, to take the promised land. And so we're going to read about what happens at that moment, that two-year mark, okay? And because um, this is where they send 12 spies to survey the land and its people. And that story is in Numbers 13. So it says that they returned after 40 days of exploration and 10 of the spies had a bad report. And like I said, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm piecing this together for us. So we can't attack those people. They are stronger than we are. All the people we saw were of great size. We seem like grasshoppers in our own eyes. And that was in Numbers 13. And then only Joshua and Caleb dissented, and that's in Numbers 14, 6 through 7, believing that the report of the 10 doubters, the people, you know, oh, believing the report of the 10 doubters, the people lost heart and rebelled. It says they raised their voices and wept aloud, grumbling against Moses and Aaron. If only we had died in Egypt or in this desert, why is the Lord bringing us to this land only to let us fall by the sword? And that's Numbers 14 through 2. So what happened was 10 spies, 10 spies went, they come back, and eight of them discouraged everybody from going, saying, we can't do it. They're stronger than us. They're tougher than us. They're bigger than us. We're weak. We can't, we're not capable of really doing this. We can't really, this is crazy, right? Why would I, you know, why would we do this? And that's, they were discouraged, and it, and it influenced everybody else. And you know what happened? Plus 38 years. Plus 38 years for the faithful, the faithlessness of them. And I bring this back, not, this isn't to talk about uh, what's been going on in the last 20 months, but more, think of this for you and your life. You know, you can increase your wilderness experience, your personal wilderness experience, or decrease it based on where your faithfulness is. Which is, which is a really interesting concept because God is not going to just say, all right, go do your thing to your own detriment. He wants us to be with him in heaven. Just like with our kids, like you're not going to give up on your kid if they can't seem to understand how to, you know, behave or move through society, like society because you understand that this is going to hurt them later. So you don't just say, all right, you're just, you know, whatever. You know, and God's not going to do that for us either because he loves us and he cares about us. And so what happened was is that generation, except for the people that didn't dissent, uh, they were not able to enter the promised land. But what's crazy is that they were right there. And that's the part that I just, and like my heart breaks for the situation because they were literally looking off 
into the promised land, standing right there. Like all they had to do was just obey and walk in. And, and probably Jericho would have happened 38 years earlier. The walls, they, that promise was probably geared up and ready 38 years before it actually happened where the walls fell down, right? They didn't actually even have to fight anybody. No blood, they didn't lose a soul. And they had that waiting for them if just they would listen. If they would just listen. And for us, as we are trying to figure out if we want to follow Jesus wholeheartedly, if we want to give up everything for Jesus, like we're standing right there. Jesus' miracles are clear. All we have to do is figure out, are we willing? Are we willing to walk in and obey and let God take care of Jericho? Right? That's the decision that we all have before us. You know, God did miracles. You know, if you... A lot of you, I'm sure, have seen the Prince of Egypt. Like, and they knew all of these things. They knew God had done all of these things. And they still didn't trust God. And um, I want to invite Bridget and Elijah up here to share. They're going to share some of the, the miracles and the, and the ways they saw God move after, yeah, 20 months of what's been a challenging time. But still to be able to share, like, okay, here's how God, we saw God move uh, specifically at camp. So with that, turn over to Bridget and Elijah. Come on up. And yes, and Bridget was a counselor at camp, which was amazing. And so here they go. Good morning, sir. For those of you who don't know me, I'm Bridget, aka Brigitte. Pat called me both within this service. So you pick. I answer the both. Um, before I share, I just quickly want to say he thanked all the counselors and all the volunteers, but I just want to thank Pat and Lamisha. They do an amazing job with our ministry. And there were many, many hats at camp. They're, they're just amazing. So thank you guys. Um, so I'll briefly share, and then I'll turn it over to some, some Elijah. Um, to be honest with you guys, I've never considered going to teen camp. I thought camp, and I think camping, and I think bugs, and oh no. It, it, the thought was just not even a thought in my mind. But two years ago, my son got off the bus, and he was, you know, they're always super excited the minute they get off the bus. And his first thing that he said to me was, Mom, I think you would love teen camp. You would love David's mom. You would just love it. I think you should go. And I was like, ugh, is he really going to rope me into this? <laughs> but, as, you know, as it went along, I started, I kept thinking about it, and I got myself really excited for it, and then COVID hit. And I was like, oh, maybe that's a sign. Maybe I shouldn't go. But <laughs> here we are a year later, and, you know, the opportunity came up again, and I was like, why not? Let's give it a chance. Um, you know, the kids love it. Everyone always comes back so, so fulfilled and so, like, enlightened and it's always such a great experience i was like if it's an experience for them i can't imagine it wouldn't be a good experience for me um that being said i still i was afraid to go you know i had all the thoughts that the enemy puts in your head oh, i'm too old i'm too tired am i going to really mess these kids up like oh, all those things you think about before you go as a counselor um but you know i decided to trust god i'm like if he's putting me there he's putting me there for a reason so we went with it um it took probably less than five minutes with my D group to know that this, it was going to be great. Um, just spending time with these kids, with teens, with, with everyone, it, it was just, it was overwhelming at first. Um, I guess it's been so long since everybody has seen each other that it was just like this great party, like everyone just like getting back together, hugs, you know, tears. It was just amazing to see. Um, so that in itself was just like, yeah, I'm in the right place. 
And then the next morning you wake up and you look at the schedule and you're like, wow, Pat said we work 12 hours. It's more like 16 to 18. Um, but it's so worth it. It's so, so worth it. Um, God gives you the energy. I don't know where I got it from, but I did. Um, waking up in the morning is, is it's surreal. Like you just go down to the lake, you have your quiet time before your campers get up. And it, I mean, it's God's creation. It's so beautiful. Like there's no way that you can't go down to that lake and just feel like surrendered and just say, God, thank you. Like it, it was, it was amazing. There, there are no words for it. You guys have to experience it. Hint, hint. <laughs> um, so what I learned at Teen Camp though is there's Teen Camp is it, it's for teens for sure, but it's also for for adults. Yeah, I keep putting it. Right? It's also for adults. Like I learned so much. I sat at all the lessons. Um, I took notes, um, partly for me, but partly also so I can share with my kids afterwards, um, my my campers as well as my own kids. Um, it, it was just there's so many takeaways. Everyone's lesson was amazing. Um, some of us had a flashing. Some lessons had me in tears. Um, it, there's just such a mix of emotions, but it it really is something that's worth experiencing. Um, the biggest thing that I took away and I want to share with you guys is is just how amazing the teens are. Um, as a mom, you want to protect your kids, you want to guide them, you want to tell them, no, don't do that. Like, you know, that, that's just a parent hat. So I went in as a parent and within a day, it was just different. I was, I was their friend, I was their counselor, I was someone who can, someone who can guide them. Um, oh, that feels weird. <laughs> I was someone who can guide them and just be there for them, you know, to answer questions, to help them get into the word if, if they needed something answered. Um, but looking at them and seeing how they grew over the week, um, that just that, the way I looked at them was different. Our kids really are special and they're mature and they know, they know God's word. And they know what God, you know, expects of us all, including them. And just seeing them in that light was amazing. Like every parent that has sent a kid to teen or preteen camp, I just want to tell you, do not worry about them. They are mature. They are spiritual. They are listening, whether they look like they're listening or not, they're hearing it. They are listening. It is an amazing experience. Um, if you haven't sent your kids to camp yet, I strongly suggest it. If you're a teen or a preteen and you haven't gone yet, you don't know what you're missing. Um, I know we're talking about, I'm talking about the spiritual part of it, but you know, there's KLJ games, there's Unity games, there's, there's something to do at every minute of the day. You guys would love it. Um, and for those of you who haven't gone as counselors yet and might think the way I did, um, put your fears aside, take the risk and just do it. It's amazing and it will change your life. Um, thank you for letting me share. Uh, let Elijah share. Hi everyone, uh, my name is Elijah Moore. Uh, I think I speak for everyone when I say we love you too, Kevin. And um, you know, real quick before I get started, you know, thanks to Pat and Lamisha, of course, being the team leaders, you know, building up the team ministry. I also want to give a thanks to all the teens. You know, we are the ministry. You know, we are here. Thanks for making my team camp experience great. And I lastly want to say thank you to everyone who's part of the church because we wouldn't have a team ministry. We wouldn't have team camp without you guys so thank you all and um you know i'm about to get started now so like i said my name is elijah moore and uh 
this was my last year of team camp. Um, yeah. I'm going into my senior year at Emmett O'Brien, and uh, you know, that means for team camp this year, I got to do all the teen activities, like whitewater rafting and having a senior party until 3 a.m. in the morning. Uh, things that I had wanted to, you know, experience since I was in like eighth grade. Uh, things I didn't expect to come so quickly. Uh, yeah, obviously the COVID-19 pandemic came around uh, like 20 months ago and team camp was virtual last year. We weren't able to go live, but uh, fortunately we were able to go this year and the theme of this year was connect. I'm not gonna lie, um, you know, before going to team camp, I was hating a little bit. I was like, connect, that's kind of boring. That's kind of, you know, it's, it's kind of basic. And, uh, but after going to team camp this year, I can't think of a theme that would fit better than Connect. Uh, as soon as we got off the bus, as soon as we met other people, saw other people, it was like we hadn't uh, not seen each other for two years. You know, as soon as I got there, I saw so many smiling faces, arms open, and you know, I reunited with some old friends, and uh, I was able to meet and make new good friends. So I'm thankful for that. But um, yeah, I was asked how I felt God moved through camp this year, and. Uh, I did a little bit of thinking, but the answer is uh, pretty simple. I just feel like God made his presence known clearly this year to uh, everyone, actually. There were a couple times where I did have a quiet time, and I was just looking at some scriptures. And uh, the same day, actually, multiple times, the lesson would talk exactly about the scriptures that I read earlier in the day. So I feel like it was almost identical. And that, I mean, it's clear as day almost. You know, God was speaking to me. So uh, everyone I talked to as well could say that God spoke to them in some way throughout the week. So uh, in one of the lessons, Nick Petrie, he shared that God gives us a chance to seek him and connect with him. In Romans 1 verse 20, it says, For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made so that people are without excuse. I learned that God revealed himself so that we could seek him because God wants to connect with us. Nick Creechy shared that in the end, our whole reality will be connecting with God. And I mean, that's just God speaking clearly to me. And now I realize that connect was the perfect theme for this year's team camp. Thank you. All right, it's been great to hear what everybody had to share. Yeah, we love the Moors. We appreciate everything Brigitte shared with us today. So, um, and we're gonna we're gonna kind of bring it in for a minute. You guys still with us with me so far? Okay, we're good. All right. So, you guys hear it right? You guys have seen it in your own lives. Okay, you had a chance to hear like team camp. I know if you guys were really put on the spot of like, okay, how have you seen God work through the last twenty months? You would you probably have a lot to share if you gave it some thought. There's a lot of things you've seen that's like, oh, that's discouraging. That's not fun. But I'm sure if you think about, man, how has God worked in your life, you'd be able to think of some things. Even if not, if you hear from other people and you say, this is very clear how God has worked. And I think, once again, it comes back to why do we struggle to trust God so much then? Right? Why is it so hard sometimes to see God in everything? Why, why don't we put our trust in him, give our lives to him, give everything we have to him? if we can see his goodness and his miracles so clearly. And it's a question I think we all have to 
you know, really wrestle with. I mean, have you seen God the last 20 months? The people around you in your answered prayers, but have you also seen God in your unanswered prayers? Have you seen God in the way our church has stuck together and rallied together through the last 20 months? I mean, we have, we have had to forge unity. I mean, we've been nomads week to week over the last 20 months, and yet we're still coming to the park, right? You guys are still coming to the park. Yeah, let's give it up because this has been a hard year for all of us, and, and we're still here, though. We're still fighting. I'm sure if you look at statistics, there's been a, probably been a lot of churches that have disintegrated in the last 20 months, right? And we're still here. These, this is God, though. Right? It's God working powerfully in our lives. So we're right there. Our feet are looking into the promised land. Because of what Jesus did on the cross, anybody has an opportunity to enter into what is your promised land, into what is your land of milk and honey, right? So all of us have this opportunity, and we're standing right there. The question is, will you trust God and enter? Will you trust God and enter? What will it look like for you to trust God and enter? Even though it's scary, even though you think I'm a grasshopper in their eyes and, and all of those same things that they said, I'm not good enough to follow Jesus. I can't be perfect enough to follow Jesus. I feel down. I, I can't make this commitment, you know, to follow Jesus. What happens when I mess up? I don't want to mess up. I can't. I'm, I'm too far gone. All of these excuses to not really fully give our lives. To Jesus and trust that he's going to take care of what happens on the other side of the Jordan, so to speak, right? He's going to take care of that. So what does it take to enter? I promise you, we are wrapping up. In Matthew 13, 44 to 46, I just want to read this. It says, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again, and then in his joy went and sold all he had and bought that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had to bought it. So to answer your question, what does it take? It takes everything you have. It takes everything you have to enter the kingdom of heaven. But it is far more valuable than everything you have. Entering God's kingdom is far more valuable than what you will have to give up, which is everything. And then it's letting God fill you back up. You're giving up everything. He's going to fill you back up and give you what you've always needed. So to answer your question, what does it take? It takes everything. It's giving up your sin, giving up our pride, giving up our idols, giving up our anger, giving up our grudges, giving up our lack of forgiveness. This is what it takes, right, to be able to enter the promised land. And it's for our good. It's for our good. Some of you, oh, it's like, oh, God wants us to do this and do that. No, this is for our good. Amen. And the sooner we make the decision to enter, the sooner we can begin to know who we really are and who we were really made to be. For the rest of your life, you will be able to know and be able to tell people exactly who you are. A question that people search for forever. Right. You can start that whenever you want. Teenager, like whatever, like you can you can decide I want to begin the rest of my life right here, right now. And you'll know what your purpose is and where you fit in. So we have this opportunity. We're standing looking into the promised land. We all are. And, and Jesus did this through his blood that we have this opportunity. But don't let 10 spies convince you it's not worth it or that you can't do it or that you're going to fail. You can do this not because of how awesome you are, but because of how awesome God is. And that's what faith 
and trust is really about. Because if we were perfect, Jesus wouldn't have had to come and die for us. It wouldn't have met, that, that wouldn't have been necessary. It's actually your imperfection that God banks on. That's why he sent Jesus. That's the whole point of how this narrative even got started. And so for all of us, I want to encourage us as we think about the communion, as we, as we take communion today, to really reflect on how God has made himself clear and what it means for you to take hold of the promise afforded to us through the cross and the crucifixion. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you so much uh, for the opportunity to be here. Thank you for sending your son to die for us on a cross, God. Thank you for the opportunity we have to enter into just an incredible uh, land, into a relationship with you, into just a, um, an incredible life, God. We're so grateful for this opportunity. Um, and I pray that all of us take hold of it. I pray that we don't take 38 more years, God. I pray that you help us to see it clearly and to help us continue to help us to see you clearly. Uh, thank you, God, for everybody that shared. Thank you for the ways you worked at camp. We love you so much. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This has been an episode of the Southern Connecticut Church of Christ podcast. Please subscribe so you can keep up to date with the latest podcast.